Welcome to The Winner's Edit, a Survivor storyline and editing podcast. I'm your host, Joe. And I'm Wardog's Dan dance partner, Dan Kilby. <laughs> and we're covering uh, episode four of Survivor, Edge of Extinction. I need a dance partner. I think finally they hit it out of the park with this episode title. I finished the episode and I was like, oh, like ready to like roll my eyes when like the war is over or something like that. Or I'm sad I'm voting out my friend was going to be the episode title. And then I looked and I'm like, oh, cool. It's I need a dance partner. That's the, that was the best <laughs> uh, quote of the episode. Um, and in other news, I think this is, I think the first episode that was like a good episode of Survivor Maybe not even good, but it, I think it's by far the best best episode this season. Uh, and it was like, like I wasn't bored watching it. There wasn't any moments that made me like physically angry. Like for the most, like for the most part, I had like a, a small smirk on my face as I was watching this. Yeah, I think it was. I think I can say too that it was the best episode. It just felt like they actually tied game moves back to like the people who are making them. Like, you understand why it's Rick versus Lauren. Like, Lauren is, like, not eating versus, like, Rick who might flip at the merge. Mm -hmm. And, like, how Manu is working with Wendy letting go of the chickens and, like, where they stand on that. And, like, stuff like that. Like, there are better pictures of what people were doing, so. Yeah, I think this is the first episode where it felt, honestly, like, I got a good read of all the tribes. I got, like, maybe not, like, some of them are less visible than others or whatever, but I at least got the story of what they're going to be telling on that tribe. Um, from mm-hmm. each one, I got, like, I think this is the first episode where it's actually, st- like, some characters are starting to develop. Um, and, like, I think there were some pretty incredible scenes. Like, Wendy continues to deliver TV gold. Like, like they should just cast Wendy on, like, every two seasons, <laughs> I think. She's just, like, a cartoon character. Like, yeah. She reminds me of an anime character, like honestly, yeah, like yeah. like like in you know, like in Pokemon or something. I mean, like like she even does like the cool hand gestures yeah. and like <laughs> like she just she seems like uh like more than person, and I think I, I think it's very fascinating to watch. Um, just like and like I actually think like some stories are actually kind of paying off. Like in episode one, I believe Kelly Wentworth is like. Um, if we don't about Wendy, she's gonna flip on us, uh, like at a swap or whatever. And I, and I think that became kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy as they kind of excluded her. And then she did end up flipping, telling Aubrey all the secrets or whatever. Um, and even I was watching the premiere today, Wendy's first confessional, she enters the game and she's like, my favorite thing about Survivor is that it can just flip all over the place and people flip back and forth all the time with like, and that's my favorite part. Like, uh, I think I think this is the first episode where it actually feels like maybe things are like almost a little bit coming together. Um, a lot of these, like, I think the biggest problem is, like, two and three. Uh, this is four, right? Yeah, okay. Episode two yeah. and three had, like, so many invisibles, like, so many people just drifting without a story. The premiere, I think we both agreed, like, wasn't terrible, but just didn't do a super great job. But this is the first episode where it kind of seemed to go back to the premiere and grab those story threads from earlier to actually, like, get some sort of semblance of who these people are. Mm-hmm. Um... Yeah, I was, I guess, kind of thinking about that with regards to people like Eric and Ron, who had stronger premieres and then went quiet, but came back in this episode. Like, maybe there's something to just the first tribal phase not being very important at all. And Mm -hmm. 
we're finally seeing those characters turn into something bigger on these swap tribes, which is yeah. kind of what we predicted. Um, it's going in different ways still than I was expecting, especially with how the swap sort of panned out, where it's almost not a swap. But Yeah, this swap is hilarious. I actually love the way this swap worked. Um, because I think my, like I think the thing is is the sucky part about not going to a swap is like a predictive boot order and like you're just kind of like fast for sometimes it feels like like you're just fast forwarding to whoever's gonna live the longest kind of thing but then like mm-hmm. the problem with a swap is like okay well the X tribe has a majority so um, like we saw in Ghost Island like it's extremely frustrating when it's just like a tribe just doesn't budge for no reason and your favorites get killed. Um, This, I think, if they could manufacture something like this in the future, I think I'd be supportive of it because right now, the original Kama and the original Mana people uh, are not Mana, Manu? Manu. uh, Are basically forced in a position where their old tribe bonds did matter. You know what I mean? Like, how they, like, because I think the thing that's missing in this, like, heavy swap era of Survivor is any reason to control any vote pre-merge. Like, you really, honestly, I think, in the modern survivor should not give a shit about who goes home early on, because it's just gonna swap. So if you make any ruffles, like, then maybe people flip on you at the swap or whatever. Like, you just don't want to be, like, the second in line on the chopping block. Other than that, it doesn't matter, because you're gonna swap anyway. This is the first swap in a long time where it's like, oh, well, uh, Lasu maybe, like, maybe Rick should have done a better job taking control of his tribe instead of just pushing three people to the bottom, which is kind of the story that he gives in episode one, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like the people who, like, Rick gets punished here because he didn't choose to uh, try and take control of his tribe. He instead was just like, I'm going to play in the middle and gets punished for that. I actually really like that because I think this is kind of the best of both worlds of the idea of a swap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think... Like Wardog said, it's like literally a one in 1,000 chance that it would play out this way, but it definitely just has a different dynamic where there's two tribes that aren't... It's like they got cut in half. Like, Mm -hmm. obviously, Manu only lost Wendy, but it's just that would have been their first vote. So it's already whittling down to, like, bigger stakes for the game, which um, I think in that swap time, you can sort of think, oh, it's just going to be a majority versus minority thing, and either there's going to be a flip or there's not, so. Yeah, and, like, I honestly think the post-swap episodes of Survivor, I think, like, I think oftentimes people talk about, like, the pre-merge being weak. I think the, like, post-swap pre-merge is always the weakest part of any season, um... It just, like, is, like, there's, I, I I don't think anyone can really, like, I can't think of any particularly captivating episodes uh, in Modern Survivor post-swap, really, uh, Jack, unless it's something like Jacket Gate, you know what I mean? Like, unless there's some other factor going on. Um, but, like, I feel like these ones are actually pretty interesting, because those old bonds do matter, like, uh, for the most part, like, I don't know, it feels authentic and real and it's something like i'm actually like i'm actually kind of excited to see next week when these other episodes honestly i've been kind of walking like this episode i walked into like oh uh, like i guess i i guess i'll watch it like and i kind of tuned out like i was like looking at my phone and then, and then like halfway through i'm like you know what i'm invested i watched it two more times and i'm like this was a solid episode of television mm-hmm. and this is the first post-op episode so you maybe can't count our chickens before someone Let's them go. Let's them go in the middle night. But, like, hopefully stuff pans out on Kama. 
where we get some content from Aurora, Julia, and Julie. So, mm-hmm. um, and Manu could use some development too. Like, if they, yeah, they're weird in that they're all like bigger characters that we've had our eye on, but I, this episode didn't really give them as much time as I guess I would have wanted, so hopefully that develops yeah, yeah, yeah. more. That's the thing, is I think this episode was good, and I, 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 I'm hesitant to call it great, because I don't think it's great, but I think it laid a framework that could potentially be great, because I think the Manu tribe has interesting dynamics. I think Kama has interesting dynamics. I think Lasu, I mean, might have interesting dynamics, depending on how that even shakes down. Um, like I feel like it, 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 there's a lot of potential here, uh, and I think the thing that really carried this episode to being, like, I think good for me is they made some pretty new cinematography choices. I think some of them didn't quite work. Um, specifically, like, on an Edge of Extinction, they opted for these extremely close, extreme close-ups when people were hmm. talking. Um, I thought it didn't work at all when they when they did it with Keith. Like, I thought it was, like, it felt like amateur documentary style uh, in a way that didn't work for me. But on the flip side, they again had like this beautiful shot of Wendy sitting there as Eric's talking about like chopping that off the chicken, boil the feathers off. You know, be like yeah. truly grotesque. Like as like she's having some uh, ticks on her face. Like like it's a very a beautiful shot there. Uh, I think they've been trying some fun cinematography and editing choices. Like the flashback was incredible. Um, mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I really enjoyed that style, and they only seem to be doing that close-up style on Edge of Extinction. Yes, like, and I think that's really interesting. It feels like not only different, but like extreme. So, like, even if they are giving them goggles and a fishing spear, yeah. you're getting the idea that it's a little harder to live out there. Um, but yeah, stuff like the flashback is cool and all that. So. Yeah, I think I have a pretty hot take once we get to the Edge of Extinction part that, I like, I don't think it... I, I think this episode is... This next episode is going to be the one where it really, like, uh, cracks under the camel's back of, like, suspending your disbelief, I think. Because, like, we'll get to it then. But, uh, yeah, like, I think with cinematography, like, I think it's a smart idea to have really distinct shooting styles between the eliminated players and the not-eliminated players. Like, Edge of Extinction, literally every shot was either extremely wide, or, like, you can't even see their ears, it's so close up. Like, um, I think that's pretty inventive. I do think the extreme close-up's a little tacky. Um, I, I, I didn't think it personally worked, but that's whatever. I do like that they're trying new things, even if I don't personally think it's the most effective. Um, but then... Honestly, like, I have to commend them so much. That Eric Joe scene was amazing. Like, like pitch perfect. Like, I, I just have no... Or, sorry, not Eric. Freaking ah, Ron and Joe. I was like, what? I made the you mistake, apparently. Um, I mean, yeah. For two people who look nothing alike, they look a lot alike. No, they were, before the swap, they were, like, standing right next to each other on the mat, and they look like... A younger and older brother. Yeah. Like, they <laughs> do look very close. and But yeah, so like, I, I guess, talk to me how you felt about that scene with the flashback. Um, like, how, how did that work for you? Because it works super well for me. I think it was an interesting choice. Because we saw in last season where Dan was going around 
everyone was searching for the idol and then Dan's like, but I found it just a bit ago. So it's a little bit of storytelling twist whereas Survivor's usually pretty straightforward, like more scenes like Lauren finding the idol or Aubrey where it's just straightforward and then you get content about how it means to them. But yeah, something like this, it's very like South Korean shows a genius style where like their their episodes basically revolve around this one like challenge that they're doing, but the challenge has so many nuances and stuff that they always want to go back and forth and like show people's reactions from later and how it gets to that point. And I always like that. It just it makes it more of a puzzle for us mm-hmm. to sort of put together. I do think it's weird how it was a very like Ron and Julia effort. And yet Julia is still like skirted around as much as possible. Yeah. So. It's like, it like this require, like, I think that's the funniest thing here is like this required like conscious effort to ensure that no Julia lines get spoken. You know what I mean? Like, 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 it's like she, it's like uh she was like cgi'd out you know what i mean like um mm-hmm. like it, i thought that was pretty funny like it was like oh wow so this isn't just like they don't have time for her you know what i mean like this is something else like they don't want her to talk for whatever reason it's, um, yeah it's julia's continues to be weird um yeah i don't know i think last episode we were talking about how a swap episode means a lot to some of these people. And then on the whole, it just sort of veered in a weird direction for a lot of them. So I'm kind of up in the air. I think I'll have a lot of weird takes on this episode. Yeah, but. <laughs> I think I agree. Um, and yeah, I, I before we move on quick, I'm just going to say, like, I really liked, like, one, I think this is the first time Ron really felt like a, like, I feel like, all season I've been like, I'm kind of like unsettled by Ron. This is the first time where I'm like, I fucking love this Ron Clark guy. Let's go. Um, and like, I just want to draw special attention to if you're rewatching the episode, listen to Joe be like, uh, like, like I'm kind of worried like people might want to vote me out. And then Ron Clark's like, no, that's the last thing I would ever want to do. And then like rolls his eyes and makes the most like disgusting, like, just, yeah. like <laughs> he looks physically repulsed by saying he doesn't want to vote Joe out. Like, that must have been a grab from somewhere else, or else, like, Joe's gotta know that dude doesn't want to work with him. <laughs> like, yeah. like, I've never seen someone, like, it's it's like if, like, if you're feeding him, like, it, it, it looks like someone's face during, like, the gross eating challenge. But, like, <laughs> in a, just a conversation. I thought it was the funniest thing in the entire world that they must have grabbed from other some other moment and just like I don't know. I think that's Ron Clark probably. <laughs> like. So like top candidate for like oh <laughs> control your face. Um <laughs> and uh this is, I guess a spoiler kind of for New Zealand Survivor 2. One contestant got Botox because they knew that uh like Botox docs and injections in their forehead because they knew they had a really expressive face and it would like stop the expression. Um I think Ron Clark should have done that hot take. Who is that? Uh that was Adam. Oh Adam. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> it, um yeah. And he's like one of the greatest contestants of all time. Definitely watch New Zealand Survivor 2 if you haven't. That season's really incredible. Um, so, I actually, and before we move on, I just want to say, um, I think it's really fun that we do have kind of like a Matt Singh situation here where like one tribe just is horrible. Like, 
Yeah, I think that is doing interesting things to edits. Maybe not the most beneficial if you're looking to get content from everyone, but it's really forcing them to actually overexpose some people. And I hope, like, critically think about where their priorities lie and they're making good choices about this, but we've seen them make very bad choices. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chelsea Townsend, uh, third best player on the season. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Very sad. Um, and I just wanted to make a show. I think this challenge was actually incredible, the immunity challenge. Uh, like, it seemed very physical. Like, this is the kind of challenge where it really feel like, like, I think, that, like, a good challenge either has some sort of unique twist or is something you haven't seen before or makes you think about things in a different way or is just, like, really brutal looking. And I think this was a challenge that... I mean, maybe not the actual challenge design, but the fact that it was in the rain, uh, yeah. made like that climbing over those things looked brutal, and I think it really worked because it was like you saw so many people fail. Like normally in a survivor challenge, it's like something looks really hard, and then like Joe doesn't no problem first try or whatever. Like everyone couldn't do it, and then they just had to like stack their bodies on top of each other. Or that was, like excellent shooting all around in there. I thought. Yeah, it was really interesting how. I think they are definitely planning for it not to be raining. And then when it was, it just added this new dimension to the challenge. And like, 100%. Yeah, you saw people like try to go up them and then they just slide back down. And like, I, I don't remember, but it almost felt like the music sort of stopped and it was like, whoa, we need to approach this differently. Yeah. Like it felt like, like I feel like that's the thing is like, I feel like often it's like, this looks hard, but for whatever reason, these people are just super great or whatever. <laughs> Um, but this one actually felt like, yeah, they had to rethink, like they had to like re-strategize, uh, some creative thinking in there. Like I thought it really worked. Uh, I think that's another reason why the, the episode kind of worked is I had like a decent amount of segments. The challenge didn't really drag anything down. Um, and yeah, for the most part, it, it was really working. Um, and the swap was intriguing. We got to hear from a lot of people. So in, in, in general, I thought it was actually pretty good. Um, and so I guess that just brings us to this next like mini segment I put in here is... I'm starting to think that it's a real realistic possibility that our winner is going to be someone who gets voted. Mm-hmm. Tell me more. So Edge of Extinction, this is the first episode where it really got the like headliner. Um, uh, how do you put it? Like, like the, it, it, it was like, it was clearly being shown in a way that we're supposed to really empathize with these people. Um, Chris got like incredible content detailing his future, his past, his what he wants in the future, like all that kind of stuff. I don't think that's super good for Chris, uh, but I think it's very good for people who will one day be voted out, uh, including, say, Rick. Um, I personally am starting to buy into the idea that what we're going to see is someone come back and maybe be a little bit more subdued before they get voted out, get voted out. Uh, on Edge of Extinction, be super empowering or whatever, uh, come back in and win maybe against two people who are positioned as pretty negative. Uh, that's what I think. I think we're going to get like a YX lost season here. Hmm. I think from the beginning, you give me this concept of Edge of Extinction and people can come back from there. And I'm like, the contrarian in me is like, so what if Reem first boot does come back and win? And so 
I think I've always like I've always had Reem sort of up there and sort of thinking about it. But I agree the way they treated Edge of Extinction, like it got it got two segments, which is like we were saying last week, like please don't give it multiple segments. But um, now that that's happened, like yeah, it feels possible. And I'm almost thinking with how this episode played out, how the Tribal Council played out, who went home, like, it feels more likely than ever than Mm -hmm. someone from Edge of Extinction could come back and win, so. Yeah, I really think so. Like, it got two segments. One was, like, a super inspiring, like, like, I think that's the thing, is the first one was all about how devastating it was. Um, and, like, that was the thing. Like, Reem's like, this isn't the Holiday Inn, this is Edge of Extinction, what do you mean? I'm not gonna have sympathy for ya. And then the second <laughs> one was, like, this inspiring story. Um, so that's telling us, like, like, things get really bad there, but if you're optimistic and you do the right things and you treat people well, maybe you can rise above it. Um, and I think that's something that we wouldn't necessarily see. I don't think that second part we would necessarily see. Um... If at least someone with a major story of our season isn't being there, you know what I mean? Yeah, and we've seen—I've seen a lot online that's like, "Oh my gosh, this was amazing for Chris! Like, Chris is the winner." And oh I'm, no, I'm hesitant on that, but I think the Chris content definitely helps. It wasn't expected. I wasn't coming into this thinking Chris was gonna like sort of have like a turnaround and be like this really positive character but i think it really helps for that theory that edge of extinction will actually play a big part in this season so i think so too like i think this is content that's like like if chris was a player in the game this is obviously incredible content but personally i feel like this is more likely to be with like how how his original like before he sort of it was handled and everything i feel like this is more likely hype for Edge of Extinction slash they like him as a character or whatever um, rather than like good for his winner chances specifically, I think mm. Rick would have a much higher chance personally. Yep. But How that's... high will that be? We'll find out. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll move on here to our story section as we always do. Um, and so we're going to start here with one that honestly wasn't super prevalent right now. I think sort of... a lot of the stories I just sort of don't have a place in this episode, yeah this was kind we'll, of a weird episode like um we'll go through it and yeah we'll drum up whatever we can so yeah so, so yeah our first one here is like mothers women gender roles um like the only thing we really get is that lauren really loves her family maybe even more than allison raybold but um like <laughs> i don't know like not a huge amount like yeah, I and it's weird because we are voting out a lot of men, so there is that room for like female empowerment mm-hmm. of some sort. But looking at all the people who could have delivered it, like wasn't really there. So yeah, I agree. I just don't think in this episode, like any of the main stories of either any of the tribes really had to do with it. Uh, the one exception being maybe. We did see Keith like want to quit and Reem like walk up to him or whatever. Um, that's something. Yeah. Uh, but like, I think that right, as of right now, this is a background story that's gonna be showing up more. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so I guess that's that's good for that one. Like again, this is one that's gonna I think continue to pop up, but yeah. for now, subdued. Uh, next up, we have new players versus old players, uh, and I've actually noticed a pretty interesting phenomenon in this season. Um, every single week, uh, the recap has started with something along the lines of the returning players on comma uh, were in danger. <laughs> like literally, last time on Survivor, Aubrey and Joe were in danger, or the returning players were fear- feeling the heat from the new players. Like every yeah. every episode, no I, no exception. I feel like you could almost go farther than that and be like, "That's what's happening on Kama," but Manu lost, and <clears throat> Kelly was a target, and so are the people on the bottom. But then War Dog got credit for the boot, and that's yeah. every episode so far. <laughs> Yeah, that is every everyone so far is, and I don't know about you, but I'm noticing that the last time on Survivor this season is extremely more editorialized than other ones have been from my recent memory. Like, it's, I, like, I feel like last season, for the most part, I largely ignored the recap because it was always just, like, kind of an actual rundown of what happened, and this seems way more, like, like... I don't know. It just, it, it feels more like he's, in, he's uh, interjecting his thoughts, you know? Hmm. I haven't really noticed that. Maybe I'll pay more attention to it. I think I saw someone else say that, and I was like, I'm not sure, like, exactly what editorializing means. Like, he's, like, injecting his thoughts in there, right? I guess I haven't yeah. seen that. But like, having a slant. Um, yeah. And, yeah, like, that's the thing is, like, it, it, for me, it's so weird. Like, this is clearly an important theme because, again they've the only information that they think you need to know in every episode is that the returning players are in danger. Like that's an important thing, right? Like that's why the recaps there is for people who aren't watching or like just show up or have like a loose memory. Like the only things you need to remember from the last episode really are returning players in danger. Uh, war dog picked the vote. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, yeah, it's very like, and it's weird because we still have all four of them in the game. And then on this episode, like when Lesu went, it wasn't about David or Kelly going home nope. at all. So, <laughs> at all. <laughs> yeah, I'm starting to think it's a little bit of a red herring, personally. Um, the more we get through this, the more I'm thinking we are getting a returning player win, which I wouldn't have expected. Um because th- this is really, like, over-the-top storytelling that the returning players have it so hard. Um, when they've shown almost no um, actual adversity, you know what I mean? Yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see how Kama, new Kama and new Manu develop. Like, is Joe really in danger on Kama? Like, is Aubrey in any way in danger on Manu? Yeah. And I think a fascinating thing here is this episode, so Victoria's story all season has been like murder Aubrey, right? Same with Eric and Gavin. They're all on a tribe together. But you know what? All of a sudden, uh, they're on a swap tribe, and all of a sudden they're talking about how, hmm, maybe Wendy's the right vote. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I just feel like uh, there's there's some shady business going on there. Um, but, you know, we'll see. Yep. Uh, on to the next story, if we're good with new player versus old player. Okay, cool. We got checklists, the experience, uh, what people want to do 
in the game of Survivor. Uh, so this is kind of the, um, I guess, storyline mostly propelled by Aubrey and uh, Eric, actually. Um, obviously, the experience part comes in a big way and Eric propelling. Like, he wants to be able to learn to do this stuff. Uh, and that actually pops up back here when he's talking about how, uh, like, he really wants to get the chickens and, uh, like, like all that kind of stuff. Like, he he, he puts a spin on it that's very, like, experience-wise. Um, which is uh, fascinating. And then, obviously, Aubrey in this episode uh, is literally, like, and Wendy just came and gave me, like, the rundown of, like, how their tribe works, everything like that. Like, um, I've never been in this position before. You know what I mean? Like, I, this is clearly super important, you know? Yeah. I think you see it with Lauren, too, with regards to, like, her actually dealing with the hardship of the experience itself and mm-hmm. how that relates to her and how it makes her feel and all that. So Chris, obviously, on Edge of Extinction, gets to talk a lot about what the game meant to him and now that he's been voted out, where to go from here. So, Yeah, I truly believe that this is, like, the main story like i think this is something that's going to continue to pop up is like like the thing that people want like the things that people came into this game wanting to like you know what it is it's almost like what does achievement or excellence mean to you i think is almost how the story works is Mm -hmm. like chris is that he has a fear of rejection or a a fear of not being perfect or whatever um uh, and that's something that he wants to show that he can rise above that. You know what I mean? He failed in his quest for the perfect game, but now what's he going to do from now on? Um, and obviously I think the twist facilitates that a lot, but I do think that that is something that these people are just happening to talk about a lot and they are, uh, tying, weaving together throughout. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I do, I do believe the winner will tie into this in a major way personally. Uh, yeah, I think so. We've seen a lot of people already get somewhere in there, so <laughs> I think so. Uh, so yeah, I guess that's probably good. I mean, like, uh, it, like, it has some negative aspects, too. Like, I mean, like, Aurora in episode one, again, says, uh, she doesn't have to build the fire, because Joe will do it. Um, things like that are pretty bad. Um, anyone who says, uh, like, you know, I don't have to accomplish the things I want, because other people will do them. Not gonna look good this season. Are there uh, even idols hidden out there? Yeah, like I—that's the thing. Like, there's a number of um, yeah, there's a number of these things that are pretty bad. Like Julie could be in a lot of danger. I think uh, this is the first episode where I've really thought uh, Julie could be really not a super viable winner contender. But we'll get there. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we'll move on here to. The Kumbaya Survivor versus Gameplay Survivor, which was, like, slamming in your face in this episode. Hmm, yeah. Um, I'd say on Edge of Extinction, again, like, Chris doesn't... I guess they don't know that what the end game for Edge of Extinction is, so Chris is just feeding them, and that's very, like, Kumbaya Survivor, I would say. Versus, like, you have Keith and Reem who are, like, over by the mast saying like he probably thinks we're strategizing so stuff like that um manu like wendy sort of puts a wrench in kumbaya survivor by like very gleefully letting the chickens go (laughs) (laughs) um and And that sort of 
correlates to the gameplay survivor where it makes things easier. Yeah, and I think the number one thing here is the Lasso tribe that like literally they're like like the most over the top positive tribal ever where it's just like they're like you know like we've we've had to do so much more than these other people and it's so sad that we have to go like um they I think that Lasso 4 is very much the voice of early gameplay survivor not at all kumbaya survivor at all um and i guess the other trying to say like hey these people because they're uh battle tested maybe that gives them some power um i don't know which side i think is winning out here um but i think they're trying to literally pause it these four versus the rest it was very strange because like it's sort of the whole episode arc where they start off saying Wendy's definitely next. Like, she obviously stole the flint and she wants to get rid of the chicken, so we'll get rid of her next. She gets swapped away, so it's a really great scenario at first, and then it turns really bad and they have to vote someone out. So, just when they think they're getting back to Kumbaya Survivor or getting yeah. to experience it for the first time, they have to veer back in. So. Yeah, like it's 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 pretty like a it's pretty a fascinating story, and I think we're gonna see as the story develops, like one of these kind of be like you. I would not be surprised if someone gets a confessional being like, you know, it's really nice not going to tribal because um I have so many more open doors or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, sure, I don't necessarily know who I can trust, but there's no zeros. There's no you know what I mean? Like, um. I wouldn't be surprised if we see something like that, because I do kind of feel like it is taking a slight slant towards its... You know what? Being chill's fine. Do you have a prime contender for who you think that could be? Um, like, honestly, I feel like someone like Gavin is a prime candidate for that. Like, um, mm -hmm. it feels like they, con like they are constantly tying him kind of more to, like, being a nice guy and chill and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. I was thinking Victoria on the same Yeah, Victoria track. also, yeah. Um, like, if, said, you really, yeah. if you really want to think she's winning, like, if she gets that, like, next episode or the episode after that, like, not being not going to Tribal Council, but, like, having all these options still, I think that's a good way to lead into a merge for her, so. 100% agree. Um, and, like, obviously, like, there is, a, like, yeah, like, yeah, I think, I think that's an excellent point. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so uh our final story here is uh unpredictability slash always on the edge of being voted out um and like obviously we saw this uh, all over the place um joe not realizing he's on the edge of being voted out uh aubrey was on the edge of being voted out and now might be in a good spot um, same with Wendy, right? Like, we don't know who uh, Wendy and Aubrey's going to be on the chopping block. It kind of implied it could be Wendy, but I feel like that's probably good for Wendy's chances. I don't know. Yeah, it was sort of like Wendy was very blatantly going to be voted out, and then she slid into another situation where she had a chance, but everything wants to tell us that, yeah, Wendy's on the bottom still. So Yeah. <laughs> It's like important takeaways for Turnies and Wendy are on the bottom. Um, <laughs> like, uh, and that's the thing is like, there's a couple people in this and I'm sure 
you could make it make the argument that these two like the kumbaya survivor and this theme are actually intertwined um where like if, if you if you never get the chance to see if you were almost voted out it's hard to tell like stuff like that like i'm sure in two weeks we could be like oh yeah these are totally together i think for right now it makes sense to separate them because yeah i do think they're different right now uh but mm-hmm. they could definitely merge um and yeah like i think honestly like I think it's pretty interesting because, like, we have the faded alliance of six that Victoria mentions that's still there of, like, the new players on Kama. Uh, maybe the story here is they weren't that close after all or something like that. Like, I don't know. It's hard to tell. I don't know. In a post-Strike Force world, we have to be careful. Yeah, right? Like, like who <laughs> knows what's happening? But like I don't know with Ron and Julie uh, doing the idol search, like I feel like they're probably they probably are actually anti Joe. But um, I also thought that was ridiculously clever, by the way. Like, yeah, that was so smart. Like at the swap, immediately being like, if Joe's gonna have an idol in his bag, it's right now. You know what I mean? Like that's that's like that's so smart. Like I really really love that. Hmm. Well, it was all Julia's plan. You just didn't see. Yeah, it was probably all Julia's. <laughs> so we get Ron Clark <laughs> narrating it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I wonder. What, I want. I, I want to know why they sent Julie to, uh, or sorry, Julia to dig and uh, him to distract. Because it seems like he's very bad. I guess Julia can't talk long enough to make it work. Yeah, she only knows how to react to things. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she can't so. call the conversation. Yeah. So yeah, so, that's uh that's our story segment. Um, and now, now moving on to castaways, we still got all eighteen of them to talk about. Yeah, that's lovely. Like, <laughs> um, so obviously here we're starting with the edge of extinction. Um, and so we could talk about Chris again first. Um, but yeah, so I think like this was obviously a impeccable episode for if like if if you're somebody who got voted out and you're like, hmm, I don't know if I won the jury or not, like. I feel like I feel like this is probably an episode where like, oh, maybe I got a chance, you know? Um, like, it just seemed like they developed it in a way they haven't before, even though, um, this is my hot take here, I don't think it's that bad there. They got fishing gear. That's a reward. Like, the other yeah. tribes gotta win that shit, and they just have fishing <laughs> gear. Um, with a snorkel and goggles, like, okay. Yeah. Uh, and they get rice, and after today, um, they have the same amount of people at it as the Lasso tribe. <laughs> How are you? Like, this doesn't feel bad. Like, it feels like they're just another tribe, and next week they're gonna be bigger than the Lasso tribe. <laughs> Maybe someone could go home. Tr- yeah, true. Someone true. could raise that mast because it's awful out there. Yeah. But. Like, what else do they got? Do they got spices? Do they get all the rewards? Like, what's going on? I think maybe part of it is that while we've been seeing four episodes of the usual survivor rhythm where it's like challenge, tribal council, challenge, tribal council, like, Reem's just been living on an island for 12 days. Like, yeah, that's none right. of that. Reem's had it hard. She was literally by herself with my... They didn't even feed her rice till Keith got there. Like... <laughs> So I think that's part of, and that's probably really hard to show because they are showing a regular Survivor episode while they're doing all of this. But um, yeah, it looks like 
it's not the edge of extinction we thought it would be. So, yeah, I think there's just a real problem when there's that many there. That like it like three is I feel like is like the maximum that you can have that it works as like a look. You know what I mean? Like the minute there's like five people there, it's like oh, that's just a tribe. Like you're telling like it's yeah. Like are these other people at risk of quitting at any point? Like. They can just leave too. (laughs) Yeah, I I think it's it's gonna get trickier. Like it's already getting kind of tricky because you can't really have three people interacting all at the same time. Like you get to see like Chris opposed to Reem, and then like Keith with Reem, but like that always leaves someone out. So when you add a fourth person to that mix, there's just all those more connections. It's like Allison was talking about last time, factorials. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. (laughs) exactly like i I think that's the thing is like it just i feel like this is just showing me like more and more like i don't think this works like i think this is i really think this is a terrible twist that just like they didn't think through like i don't know like like this reminds me like like you hear like the internal things of like cook islands was like made so that survivor would get canceled or whatever like this makes me feel like are they just trying to cancel this because it feels like they didn't think through like Oh, it's not going to look that bad once five people are there. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Who, who's the Tyler Perry in all of this? <laughs> yeah, you know I mean? <laughs> like, I, I just don't think it really works. But now I'm out of the opinion that we're going to get a lot of it every week because I do think our winner is going to get voted out. So, yeah. So I guess um, talking about the actual people on yeah. there, like who's winning, who's not, who's not coming Keith. back. Not Keith. Like Keith is just being set up to like leave at some point. Yeah, I think. Um, Chris, uh, Chris is, is probably the top candidate to come back. Yeah, I feel like it's almost. If I had to guess, maybe Chris is coming back at merge, and then Rick sticks it out until like the end, and like yeah. Um, Reem is an interesting piece in there. I. I feel like okay about our chances. Like if I had to pick a winner from these, I would pick Reem. I agree. Of of the three, I would pick Reem. Yeah. Um I didn't Rick, I pick Rick. Well yeah. But like it almost it's starting to feel more like a Christine Shields Marcosi situation where she's just like lasting there for a while and then Yeah. I feel like Reem's gonna be there till the end. Like, yeah. but not go back in. You know what I mean? She's like, like the Sherpa of Edge of Extinction. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, every week she'll she'll get, like, the holiday in confessional. Where she's like, ah, like, you think this is tough. <laughs> like, three weeks ago, <laughs> I was here by myself in the pouring rain. Yep. Like, I, I just can't imagine she's leaving. If Like, if she's staying there for seven days by herself, like, she can stick there for the rest of the time, I think. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's not bad, so. And, like, Chris got the closest to strategic content you could possibly get on this twist. Like, he's literally like, I'm going to fish so that they like me. And if this is a vote, that maybe they'll keep me for it. Like, mm-hmm. that's ridiculously good. Like, obviously, Survivor loves strategy. That's, like, a thing that, like, they, like they have, like, a compulsion that if they want you to say, say that you're a good person and player, uh, they're going to show you strategizing in some way. This is a weird way to show, hey, look, Chris is a strategic player. Yeah. It just, 
with how his season started, it doesn't add up for a win. Yeah, I agree. Unless unless it's this episode from now on. You mean like, like true. I wouldn't eliminate Chris because I think there's a chance that this dude, like, if next week he gets, like, the same stuff where he's like, like, my dad always didn't love me and now I'm here proving <laughs> I'm wrong. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think it's completely on the table that he's CPP5 for the rest of the season and wins, but um, I just yeah. don't think he's the most likely as of right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, that's probably good for Edge of Extinction. We'll get to Rick when we get to him. Yep. Because, um, yeah, Rex, I feel like, far and away, number one. On to Manu. Sweet. So this tribe was kind of dominated by um, Wendy showing them around camp, Wendy bad-mouthing her original tribe, and then Wendy setting the chickens loose. was basically the story of this tribe. Yeah. There's no, like... Like, we didn't even get any of the three being, like, Aubrey was on the bottom, but not anymore. We got Aubrey saying... Oh, now we have an easy vote, so... Yeah. And then Victoria kind of backing that up, kind of. Um, Victoria yeah, kind said, of. Yeah, Victoria said something along the lines of, um, someone who lets the chickens out in the middle of the night isn't somebody that you want to work with, that's somebody that, like, you vote out. Um, so, I mean, like, it, it's not the most developed, but I do think, I do think that, um, say Aubrey gets voted out on this tribe, I don't think they're going to front load that here. I think they're going to stick that in the free merge. And then like, if she's leaving, she's going to leave next week. And they're like, then we're going to get Victoria, Gavin and Eric being like, all right, like, do we go with the crazy person or do we go with Aubrey? And then if they vote it up, I think that's where we'll see that scene. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, it's a, it's a little hard to uh, parse here, but like, I think this tribe is, um, I think it has the, potential to be the complex tribe of these ones but this wasn't the most complex episode yes i would agree with that it feels like like we said earlier the right group of characters for it like these are the ones who are who are always somewhere on the winner list um so yeah i think it has the potential to be but we'll see yeah this episode wasn't but it didn't have to be you know what i mean like yeah for sure because like Wendy is kind of like like Wendy is an airtime hog, um, and even in that we did get some development. Like our main characters did get to re- reintroduce themselves, so it, it is something to pay attention to. But let's go to Aubrey here. Um, Aubrey's at it's looking pretty good, I think. Um, she has an idol. The one problem is she still seems to be completely unaware that these people want her out. Well, no, she knows there's a target on her, but I don't like... think she realized as much. You know. Mm. Like she's, she views like her confessional was Wendy is the easy vote when I feel like the season so far is telling us Aubrey would probably get voted out here. Hmm. But maybe, maybe not. You know what I mean? Like maybe Wendy is that much, but we've almost been trained to not trust Wendy as the vote target. Hmm. I would say, I think my style of looking at the edit is always to like get caught up on like something like that. Like, a hang-up, and, like, my hang-up for Aubrey is that second dialogue episode. Like, I think that's just too bad. Yeah, that's really horrible. Um, like, it is really, really horrible. Um, but, like, if she got to rise above that, um, I think if she flips to the other tribe, she's in a good... Like, if the story of this season is Lasue's, like, Matt Singh, and, like, it's, like, you get Aubrey, and... 
Joe and Aurora flipping to them at the merge, then I think Aubrey's a winner contender. I think if she's sticking with Kama, she's not a winner contender and is in fact a really high candidate to be a losing finalist again. I think um, in your first scenario where they flip to Lesu, like I think that adds credence to the edge of extinction, like why someone lost edit. Whereas the person who's coming back from Edge of Extinction is winning against like an Aubrey who obviously was making mistakes that she didn't see. Yeah. And I don't know who the other one is at this point, but stuff like that. So Yeah, like at this point, like I really think Aubrey has a decent amount of longevity. Uh, but I'm still kind of missing the winner. And I actually am like I would put more money on her being a losing finalist than most people in this game right now. Hmm. Because I feel like if the story is going to be someone from Edge of Extinction comes back and wins, which I'm kind of thinking it is going to be, like the way things are going, um, I'm looking at the people who, like, how are they going to present somebody getting voted out and coming back winning? I think they're going to present it as some people played really badly and didn't realize it. Um, I think episodes like episode, Aubrey's episode two are perfect things for that. That people will remember, like, oh, Aubrey's not good this season. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, so, yeah, I think that's a distinct possibility. And granted, I mean, on the flip side, I think she could be the one voted out and coming back and winning. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I think she does have some winner equity, but it almost facilitates her being voted out, I think. Yeah, and soon, I would say. Yeah. So... That's Aubrey. Next up, we got Eric, um, who was like kind of like the darling of the first episode uh, and has kind of not been around since then. Yeah. Um, this was a pretty good coming back for him, I think. Yeah, it was very like focused on Wendy and the chickens. Um, yes. Not too strategic, but like it was okay. Like yeah, other first watch. Personality. I was already kind of low on him. Like I felt like even though him and Gavin have similar edits, like it doesn't make sense for Eric. And then after rewatching this episode, I was like, I could see it. I mean, it has to go specific places from here, but yeah, I I do think there is like, honestly, like I think the fact that we'll now say the Lasso tribe has effectively dominated airtime um, mixed with edge of extinction Mixed with the fact that they have been having reward challenges, like, honestly, Kama's been getting kind of ignored, and this is the kind of episode where I'm like, you know what, I'm willing to reconsider these people that I was starting to doubt, because they did get content. All of the ones that were kind of fading got a decent reintroduction. Um, so for me, I think, I don't think Eric's the one who's, like, I think if Eric's winning, he's not getting voted out. Um, that doesn't seem to be in his character type for me. Um... Mm-hmm. I could still see him winning. Uh, th- I think his biggest problem is the fact that Gavin exists. Uh, but I think I think he's a better winner contender than Gavin now. Oh wow! Like, and that's like me having stuck to my guns on Gavin for three episodes. But whereas this felt like a really bad episode for Gavin for me, like it wasn't great. Like this is a good episode for Eric. So. I think his biggest problem is I would still expect more, just generally, like, more yeah. from Eric. 
So. I think the thing is, like, he could come back, but it is getting pretty deep into the pre-merge, and next week is a double episode, so, um, <laughs> like, not a whole lot of time to uh, introduce himself for the merge, really. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, like, I think that's probably good for Eric, um, and we can kind of talk to him in tandem here with Gavin, who, I mean, now that Rick is out of the game... I think Eric and Gavin are the most developed duo in a weird way. Um, I guess Joe and Aurora. Well, no. no. Like, I guess if, like, Joe is the development, but Aurora... We'll get yeah. to Aurora. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, like, you know what I mean? Like, like, there's still not really any duos or anything. Uh, this is still one of the only ones. The uh, one's just been broken up. Um, mm-hmm. That bodes well for both of them, I think. Yeah, that's true. Because, <laughs> like, why would they show them as together if it doesn't matter? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It, it just, that part's still missing for me. It's like, if they're not, one of these people aren't going to win, why were they developed so much in the first episode? Um, so that's kind of an interesting thing. I think for Gavin, the reason I have him above Eric is that uh, in this episode, he got to reaffirm, hey, I'm the super fan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like first it was wrong like that happened in all stars if you have been on the internet at all these past few days you've been real I, I personally decided with gavin here why the like if you're on there like and jeff probes is one calling you out as the super fan i feel like it would be incredibly stupid to be like actually jeff um in all stars this exact swap out like i feel like that brings you from like oh cute southern boy loves the show to like who is sure. this robot monster who no- memorized all the swaps? And you like, what I would I would like, who would think of that? Like in that yeah. moment, but like, I think he actually gave a pretty decent answer. Like, well, I don't know. I don't think I've seen it before, but yeah, pretty weird. But like, I just don't think it was enough. I think it was like fine. I think like I, I like we said last episode. These two need something big next episode. Because I do think next episode is going to be where this Aubrey story comes to a head. Um, and we'll get clarity there. You know what I mean? Um, I, you'd think so in two episodes. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I feel like that story <laughs> yeah. needs to resolve for me to really feel like where they're going. But I feel like both of them had a decent enough, um, like, how do you put it? Like, introductory for this next part of their game. Yeah. So that's uh, that's probably good for them. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll move on here to Victoria, who's easily my favorite at this point. I love her so much. Like um, favorite, like in the game, like. Okay, I I think I Ron Clark might be my number one now, oh, but well, that's also an interesting yeah. choice. I Victoria, know, like, Victoria, like, Ron Clark, War Dog, God Tier. Um, but yeah, no, like Victoria had a, I think a pretty fun episode. Um, but like, yeah. I don't know, like. Part of me feels like she's too like narratory now. I I would say part of what I'm thinking about certain people, like Victoria, um, we'll get to Julie later, is that one of these tribes isn't going to go to tribal council pre-merge. And so like how does yeah. their edit look based on where they place? I think Victoria's like if they don't go to tribal council like so far that's actually for me like seems like one of the best winners that it's out there I agree if they don't go she's in a great spot like I think Victoria's in a good place to like 
become a bigger player at the merge and start yeah. making moves. I think honestly, the more I've thought about it, I really like. I think there's a lot. So like, at least in my the people I've been talking to, a lot of people seem all in. Spoiler alert on the Lasso tribe. Basically, like you're seeing a lot of people basically being like, no one can win other than these five. Um, I'm not in that camp. I actually am more firmly in the camp that I think someone from Kama is going to win still. Like, original Kama. Um, because they did develop all these characters way more than the other tribe in that first episode. Um, and that means that they're going to pop back up. Uh, and I think Victoria is a fantastic example of that, where basically in episode one they told us, look, this girl's going to be a big character, just wait. Uh, with Julie, they're like, this girl's going to be a big character, just wait. And they're getting the exact edits of people who are buying their time to pop into big characters. Um, whereas a lot of the Lasso people do feel like they are they could leave soon, and it could be a sad story. Um, I think that's really good for Victoria. She's the most developed of these characters, who I think will pop up as big characters later on. Like, Eric and Gavin's story don't feel like it's over. It feels like it's going to pop back into the like spotlight soon. Um, and it kind of feels like we're in like a holding pattern right now as we get to a p- part where they have a time to actually show their character. Yeah. Yeah, I just agree with that. I'm not all in on the Lasso tribe either. I look at them and yeah, they've been getting big edits, but they've gone to all the tribal councils. And I think three out of five of them have pretty big flaws. So Yeah. And like... Yeah, I mean, we'll get that when we get there. But like, even if you look at before the immunity challenge, they got the least. They got the least content before the immunity challenge. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, that's that's important, right? Like, um, because it isn't like it isn't like the tribe that goes to a, the tribal council always gets the least content before the thing. That's not the case at all. It's it 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 really isn't. Um, and these other two tribes did get more. Um, and I think that is something to pay attention to is they are trying to, in these important episodes in the premiere and in the swap episode, develop the comma tribe. Yeah, I think, and you might say, well, oh, as a packed episode, like they're going to give Lesu time anyway. Like, I think a good moment to, like, where you can see them giving time to Lesu as someone was winning and, like, well, let's make sure it's not. But, like, um, they're on a new beach, so, like, they could search for an idol, and mm-hmm. we didn't see that. Like, we know Lauren has yeah. one. Lauren would know there's one out there. Like, Yeah, simply put, compare this Lasso tribe to uh, Yanuya, where, like, we got Wendell immediately going on a search for the an idol and, be, like, talking about his tribe, how it's stacked, how building a new shelter is not something he's scared of. Um, uh, he comes out and he says that he misses his girlfriend a lot. They do the happy birthday for his girlfriend. Like, it's just gets, no, no one. Sebastian the seashell. Yeah, gets the Sebastian the seashell. No one on that tribe got anything approaching that. Um, unless yeah. except maybe War Dog. You know what I mean? Like, I I think that's the thing is like the fact that this is the blowout tribe means that it's probably not the winner tribe. Uh, I know we're talking about the Lasu tribe right now about the Manu tribe, but that's I think why. I think it, it, it it's more beneficial to pay attention to these people who are kind of just giving the like Victoria is literally giving her perspective on every episode, even yeah. when her tribe doesn't go to tribal ever. That's really good. Yeah, for sure. 
I know I had problems with her scene with Joe and Ron last episode, but I looked and I was like, I still had a contender after that, so I can't think it's too bad. So like, Victoria. Yeah, that wasn't too hot. That wasn't too hot. I do feel like Victoria might be the most likely to get axed, but um, I feel like I feel like Victoria is gonna like be there for a while and like maybe do something stupid. Like she does seem a little oblivious, but like I don't know. Um, I feel like she like I feel like she represents the winner more than she is the winner. If that makes sense. Hmm. Like, like, someone aligned with her is going to win, but um, okay. probably not. It's kind of how I see it, but I still have her high for that reason. Um, uh, let's move on to Wendy. Yeah. Um, um, pretty invisible. Yeah. Apparently. I don't know why they hate her so much. Like, they just give her no content. Like, Yeah. Um, yeah, no, Wendy is the character of the season. No question. Um, yeah. We're definitely going to see Wendy 2.0, I think. Uh, maybe. I don't know. What if Wendy just wins this season? (laughs) She's not going to win this season. No. I could have maybe seen it through last episode, but this episode was like negativity from like not one tribe, but two tribes. So, yeah. Like, and like five minutes in, I was like, wait a minute. Is this looking really good for Wendy? And then, like, when she's like, the other tribe were bullies, and they're like, oh, it's okay, like, we won't bully you. And she's like, you're my best tribe. And then uh, then she lets the chickens loose, and they're all like, who is this crazy person? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty bad for Wendy. Um, like, I just think, okay, let's try to align, like, I want to release the chicken strategy with, like, regular good gameplay. Like, don't when they say let's kill the chickens or let's catch the chickens don't be like oh man i don't want to do that yeah just like like, fake it like (laughs) yeah like that's where you get caught you know what i mean like like you could have easily been like sure let's do it don't bring the flint back like commit like once you've done something don't go back yeah like like uh, um, like Russell put out the fire or whatever, right? Like, um, and then he wasn't, he didn't claim it. Like, <laughs> like, yeah, the powers in the mystery. But I mean, that's what's making this season fun to watch, if anything. So, yeah, yeah, I'm here for Wendy as a character, but and I personally think, I mean, I feel like she's gonna meet back up with Kelly. I hope so. so. I think I just... she's safe. I don't know. I'm always scared for her chances. I mean, yeah. I mean, I think the fact that Aubrey got a confessional being like, I got all the information I need from Wendy is a little bad for Wendy. Because um, that it could be Aubrey uses Wendy's ghost ammo as uh, to take out Kelly or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. So that's like the one thing. But like, I do think it, it, it's good that Wendy has an established rival that she hates very much on the other tribe. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like that makes the, means they're going to reunite, which means I think we're going to get more Wendy. The problem, though, with this season is that people could always reunite on Edge of Extinction. Yeah, that's true. I guess that's the Manu tribe. Oh, um, we forgot the chickens. Oh, yeah. How do you um, feel about the chickens winning chances? Uh, pretty high. I mean, like, in, in the past, we've seen Mark the Chicken make the finals, and... 
Uh, you know, like, uh, <laughs> that's pretty good odds. Yep, continued positive edit, like, positive SPV, all the good stuff, so. I think our confessional in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> they re- need a really strong next episode. Yeah, they do. Episode. They need to show up, they get need to get a second confessional, I think. Okay. Um, so on let's to... move on here to the comma tribe. Um, I, this tribe was pretty fun, mostly because of Ron. It really feels like the only character, like, like you would not know Julie's on this tribe. Um, nope. <laughs> which is bad, but she did get a confessional, which is good. Um, but yeah, well, uh, this this tribe is dominated by the story of the new players in, with an asterisk wanting to kill Joe. Yeah. So um, we got to well, start with Aurora. Who doesn't? <laughs> yeah, she's a cat. That was the weirdest thing in the entire world. <laughs> that made me like physically uncomfortable. Like, remember when Aurora was the 33-year-old divorce lawyer who was not going to be able to control her mouth? And now she's like, like weirdly pawing at her face and meowing when Joe touches <laughs> her face. Like, okay. Like, good luck getting like, clients after that, Aurora. Like, like I know Julia is like the invisible one for this, but I feel so bad for Aurora. Like, not only is she invisible, it just doesn't feel like a good depiction of who she actually is at all. (laughs) So, like... Yeah. Like, I feel like I would rather have Julia's edit than Aurora's. Like, I don't know. Like, no, like, (laughs) your friends and family could theoretically not believe that you're on the show if you're Julia, but, like, like, your friends and family might think you're a little bit of a weirdo if you're uh, Aurora, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> like, like, you love dancing, you like to pretend to be a cat, that's you it. love Joe, like... That's literally it. You don't want to build a shelter. Like, um... <laughs> like, we really know very little about this person, and it's all, like, not positive. Um, yeah. I don't know, I don't think, uh... I don't think she's gonna be here for too long. I don't know. I almost think maybe if Kama does go, like, Ron will be like, oh, we should get out Joe, but he's a challenge asset, so maybe we'll just go for Aurora, so... 100% what's gonna happen. Calling it now, like, no question. Yeah, because I, like, Ron in his confessional is like, we're just a strong tribe anyway, and then I look at, uh... Like, without Joe, they're like... Yeah. <laughs> Ron Clark beat David at a puzzle he's done before. So that's something to well commend. Maybe. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think I agree. Like, uh yeah, this tribe isn't too hot on the challenges. Um But yeah. So I, I honestly have like nothing to say about Aurora. Her edit's like easily the worst of the entire game. I think so, yeah. And she's also I think the only one that we've been shown who I think if she gets voted at will not stay at Edge of Extinction long. Yeah, I've heard people say like, oh, they're really punishing people who quit. Like, I don't think they're doing that across the board, but like Aurora feels like that. Aurora does feel like that, yeah. Um, Like Julia could just be a traditional purple edit. Yeah. But like Aurora definitely feels like getting voted out and quitting, so. And I feel like it's a lot to guess that like, it, like it's gonna be because they quit or whatever. Because someone could quit in like an inspiring way or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, we don't, we don't really know what's gonna happen. But um, like, I don't know. I feel like Aurora is the top candidate to leave the game and 
quit. Like, and leave mm-hmm. the game and not be a jury member or whatever. Um, but, like, so Aurora could literally be our first boot. You know what I mean? True. Like, 18th place. <laughs> uh, if all these other people stay, I really think that Aurora could be a top candidate there um, to be the first boot. <laughs> That'd be so good. And then my pregame winner pick, or my pregame prediction is true, I think. <laughs> oh, no, I picked Wendy, didn't I? Yeah. Yeah, I was like Aurora, or Wendy, uh, but yeah, uh, that's that's good for Aurora. We'll move on here to Joe, who had a bad episode. I, mm, yeah, I guess so. I think that's why I orig- like initially came around. I was like, oh, he got more content here, so like, good. Like, we're checking in with Joe. And then, yeah, I was like, but that was really bad because he's in the dark, so probably Yeah, not. He, he was kind of made to look like a little bit of a dummy. Like, like yeah. he's like, wow, I love hanging out with Ron Clark. I think we have a good rapport. And Ron Clark's, like, rolling his eyes and making hor- horrible faces <laughs> at him. Like, and then looking through his bag and, like, it's just a pretty bad um, episode for Joe. But I still think Joe's, like, honestly, like, this is the first episode, almost not even because of this episode, but just kind of Edge of Extinction looking better is always going to reflect better for Joe. Um, I think there's a real good possibility that he's our, like, lower... Like, like I think we can forgive some of his, like, kind of negativity if he gets voted out, comes back. I think he's a top candidate to be that person. Um, yeah. And, like, not even just out of, um like, pre- like, pregame stuff, like him being obviously, like, a beast or whatever. I just think, like... We've seen, like, his story, if you think about it, if you track it, is um, he's going to try and be less amazing because, uh, like, he's not going to be Joey amazing. He's going to be just Joe or whatever. Um, and you you see people be like, oh, my God, like, thanks, Joe, for t- teaching me how to do this, teaching me to do that. Um, I don't even have to build a shelter because Joe's here. Uh, that, that was basically how he blew up his first episode. It was, like, super positive, but it was, like, he's going to try to be Joey amazing. But, look, he failed. Everyone loves him so much. Um, mm-hmm. that now that the edge of extinction story is like, Chris is going to benefit from helping people, uh, and then they'll help him later. Uh, that makes me think that we could be seeing the story of how Joe play, tried to be less amazing, failed at it, didn't realize, got voted out. And then he's going to become Joey amazing on edge of extinction, come back and win. Yeah, potentially. It seems super realistic to me. Like, I feel like, um, it's hard to discount that as a realistic possibility here. Um, and so I actually have Joe extremely high. Eh, I, I don't want to, that seems so specific. Like, and we have a lot of attorneys who could do that. Like Aubrey is sort of a similar one where we've seen her problems. Like she needs to come back from them. So it's not something I want to count on immediately. Cause it's inherently flawed. Like, does that make sense? Yeah. Like, you're relying on these flaws to sort of be redeemed. I think that's sort of things I've done before with, like, a Laurel or an Angelina, is they had problems, but it was all going to get better at the end, and mm-hmm. then it didn't. So Yeah, I agree. I think, I think it's a little bit of a risky thing, but I do think, like, I, if I'm ranking these people, I do think I have to have relatively quiet, invisible Joe, unfortunately, above quite a number <laughs> of people. Um, huh. So that's, that's a little unfortunate, but it is what it is. Um, okay. So next up, we have the star of the episode. 
the girl who dug through his bag uh, made a big move, like totally could have got caught, um, who we heard nothing of, no, nothing from. Um, poor Julia, poor Julia. Imagine like you're the editors and you're like, okay, so there's this girl, she's not going to contribute to the season at all, except she has this gigantic reaction, like the biggest reaction in history when Chris gets voted out. So like, what do you do? Like, yeah, it was another quality episode for Julia. Like, it's so sad. Like, it really is pretty sad. Um, I just, yeah, I don't like, I don't really get it, but maybe there's a reason. Um, I guess Ron's just her spokesperson right now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's fine, I guess. I hope she gets more later on just for her sake. Do we want to like start predicting when the first Julia confessional will be? Like what episode? Okay, okay, wait, wait, wait. So next episode is a double episode. Okay. Let's have a wager here. Does she get a confessional next week? I'm gonna. I think I'm going with no. Risky. Yeah, <laughs> is that the risky side? I want to say I no. I don't know, but I think <laughs> it's. A, uh, yeah, I guess. Uh, you know what? I'll go. I'll go in on. I'm gonna go in. And, she's gonna get a confessional in the second part of next week. That's what I think. So episode six, she's gonna get a confessional. It's gonna be boring. Okay, I'm gonna say no on both, just for the interesting. Um. So yeah, that's good for Julia. Like she literally has no story at all. Um, yeah. Other than I guess she's anti-returnee. Next up, we got Julie, who is still on the same tribe as her name twin. Kind yeah, of. like oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> who let this happen? Um, and Julie, you would like I said, like you would literally not know Julie's on this tribe. I don't think you saw her with anybody. Um, and she basically, in confessional, just said, swaps are weird, huh? They make me pee my pants. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, Julie. They want us to remember her, right? Yes. Like, that's clearly an important thing. Like, yeah. But where, like, what I said with Victoria, like, this is a good pre-merge edit if they don't go to tribal council for her to win. I think with Julie, like... Even if that happens, or even if they do go, I think we're just getting set up for Julie to be a big character in the merge, not a winner. Like, Julie, along with Gavin, has taken a tumble and is no longer someone I'm seriously considering to be a winner. Yeah, I, I'm the every day I'm like, okay, her edit's clearly crafted. It's clearly like she has a clear story. I feel like it's going to be a satisfying arc, but is not the winner. Um, like, yeah, she feels like, like, I feel like she could be a losing finalist. She could be the fire loser. She could be, she could be an early merge boot who yeah. spends a lot of time on edge of extinction before losing to Rick. Yeah. Uh, though I do think she like, maybe could be like the, like, cause like the thing that's going for her is she does have the Saria fields effect where she is like the girl who got off the couch kind of thing. Like she sucks at the outdoors. Maybe yeah. her story is about like one of our stories is like learning and the experience of the outdoors and all that. Like maybe her story, she does get voted out and is have like this super inspiring rise to being like an outdoors person or whatever. Hmm. 
I don't know. I'm excited if she wins. Like, I'll love this season, but I don't think it's happening. I agree. I don't think she like uh, she's like right on the level where I'm like I'm a little bit afraid to not consider her because again they clearly want us to remember her and that's always a good sign. But I do think it just doesn't seem like winner. We know nothing about her strategy whatsoever. Like, mm-hmm. it's not good. Yeah. Uh, so that's Julie. Um, and next up we got my boy Ron Clark, uh, who. Spoiler alert, I had a dream, and he won. And now I can't seem to get my brain off of the, like, he he's going to win train. Um, and yeah, I, you... I sense it's irrational. Um, I sense I shouldn't be thinking this. But, like, I don't know. Like, it's like, uh, like I'm, I, I'm, like, in a, like, in a, like, a run bit hole. You know what I mean? Like, um, it just makes so much sense to me right now, and I guess I'm going to make my crazy pitch. Um, okay. Yeah, you so, messaged me, and we're like, "Is Ron Clark winning this whole thing?" And and you're like, "Oh well, no." I was like, oh, "Who's okay. this new phone? New phone?" Um, so okay, so this is my pitch. So in episode one, we kind of like we're like, "Okay, this was good content," but you know what? It's circumstantial because he found this thing. That thing didn't matter at all. Not mentioned. Not even a little bit. So now I go back to that episode, and I'm like, "Okay, so it wasn't circumstantial content." It was just really good content. He introduces the fact that he's a teacher. That he's willing to lie, cheat, steal, uh, and he's not even going to care about it because he knows his kid, his uh, students are smart enough to realize that it's just a game. Um, in addition to that, he finds this advantage, and he says, "You know what? Um, at first, I just didn't want to be the first out, but now I think I can win this whole thing." Um, he gets a winner quote. The only person to get a winner quote in that first episode is Ron Clark. He talks about the million dollars. He talks about who he is as a person. He's a teacher. Um, like, he talks about loving Kama as a tribe, thinking it's off to a great start. His premiere's incredible. It was just, there's the red herring of, like, the, every season, it's like, oh, he he's just the Sierra, Sierra Don Thomas of this season, where he found something, and so he gets good content at the start. Well, what happens when uh, Sierra Don Thomas finds something that doesn't matter? Um, that's when you have Ron Clark, and I think that's when you have to actually put him under a magnifying glass and be like, he's had consistent of the comma people has had consistent content in every episode. Um, except for the one, but he still was there more than the others. Um, he's constantly shown aligned with Victoria. He was the one who pointed to Victoria that Joe is there. Um, he does, he has all the upsides of Victoria without the negatives. And he actually has a more personal introduction. Um, and then to close it off in this episode, he gets to be shown one upping Joe completely. I really think that Ron is a seriously viable winner contender, and I don't know if that's just because I'm like like uh, circle talking myself into really believing it, but I do think it is highly possible. I think I get it. Like my my hang up is you have that advantage. It doesn't matter. Like there are two there are two things you do. Well, they did the third, but there are two. So if he doesn't win, like, just don't show it. Or, like, just show it to say it's there, there are advantages in the game, and then don't do anything with it. Um, The other thing is, if he's just a character and it's not going to have an effect, like, don't show it at all. Like, it it was, did it have an impact? Like, why care? I think if he's the winner, like, why just not at least touch base on it and, like, 
three or four or somewhere to be like, I had this advantage and I didn't even need it, but. Well, I think the thing that bodes really well for him is I a hundred percent think he will bring it back up at some point. I think Ron Clark will not leave this game until that comes back up because of like, literally like if you think about like, what are people going to remember about the first episode? It's honestly, I think going to be Reem, like Wendy and like her Tourette's explanation and Ron Clark finding that advantage. Um, I, I think that's what like you leave that episode remembering. Um, and I really do think that like, I, th- the thing is the reason why I'm so high on him is that, I really can picture him pulling it out at Final Tribal or using it to trick somebody later on. Um, it just makes sense to me, especially when now we've been shown that he's a pretty creative player. I do think that's going to come back up. Um, and I don't have him number one, I don't think, but he's somebody who I can't help but like seriously consider. I think I need a few more episodes to think about it. Like If it continues to be like good, content-ish stuff like this like maybe but i think even if he plans on using it later like i know this is confessional speculation but like what if he said something like that early on be like this didn't come into any use now but i can definitely use it for later but i i feel like they wouldn't like uh attempt that if anything they'll air that confessional like even if he said it now i feel like they air that confessional when he actually does something with it you know what hmm. i mean I think that's just how they do it, just to cut timer or whatever. Um, I don't think okay. he needs the tease because he's literally like, like he's tied it to his quest to winning. You know what I mean? Um, okay. I think that's pretty good. So that's, I guess, my take on Ron Clark. Uh, everyone in the entire world seems to disagree. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think Aww. it's because he's weird. I think he's just a weirdo, so it's hard to uh, actually seriously consider him. I would um, almost say his like weirdness though has been downplayed. Like, yes. we watched the preseason stuff. He was weird. Very weird. Yes. But, like, I wouldn't know anything that, like, Ron is, like, a normal older guy. Like, just yeah. Eric's older brother. Like He's just a teacher. That's all, like... And, like, I actually think it's pretty good for him that they're not including, like, he's a celebrity kind of thing. Like, like I think that's good. Um, and maybe he'll talk about it later, but, like... I think that's a good thing because he doesn't seem like larger than anything or anything. You know what I mean? True. I, I think he came out of the gate like Matthew Perry played me in a movie and like, <laughs> like that. I'd be like, okay, this guy got no chance, but he doesn't have that air yeah. of him at all. You know what I mean? I would say you're convincing me. Like, <laughs> oh no! Don't fall down this rebel with me. <laughs> it's it's on my brain. I'll I think it's a own. possibility. Um. I'll see if I also have dreams about it, and then we can compare and check dream logs. And also, I feel like his speech would be terrible, so I don't know. Um, <laughs> his confessionals are hilarious. Like he's like moving his face constantly. I just love Ron Clark. I hope he wins. Um, so I guess that's the comma tribe, and now we have here, I guess, the internet's uh, golden boys here. Got the Lasu tribe, um, who, you know what it is that they remind me of? They remind me a lot of Malolo, where it's like the best tribe of all time, all that stuff that tricked us. Um, I think we're getting that vibe, where it's like 
after the Stephanie boot, we were like, oh, Malolo is winning this game. No chance. You know what I mean? Like, uh, nothing else is even possible. Um, hmm. And this tribal reminded me so much of the Stephanie boot. Um, maybe. Oh, I don't know. It's tricky. This was just a crazy, like, that tribal council was literally Jeff asking, so how's this vote tonight? How are you guys doing? And I'm like, we're awful because we all love each other. So just like 10 times over. Yep. So, With like literally like orchestral piano, like da 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 da, like <laughs> super happy like the whole time, like yeah. um, yeah, it was like definitely a weird tribal council. In fact, it's the most amazing and emotional tribal council David Wright's ever been to. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, like I personally don't think our winners on this tribe, but. Well, I have above everybody. Like, I would consider two people from here. Um, but I would also consider two, but I think they're different. Like, interesting. Not, I think one of them is different. Yeah, I don't know. I just think like this. I think this is the red herring tribe. Like, because again, in the premiere, they were less developed, like by a lot, and like Matt Singh was more developed than Tandang was in the premiere. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah. Um, mm. By a lot. Like, um, I just think, I just don't think this is the complex tribe. I think this is the underdog tribe. And sometimes that's a different thing. Mm, possibly. I don't but, know. Let's, let's get into him. Oh, we'll get to David. So, this was a bad episode for David. I mean, every episode is a bad episode for David. He just is like, has to opine that he wants to get rid of Kelly Wentworth and then makes a series of choices that don't get Kelly Wentworth out. And so suffice it to say, David is not one of my two people I'm considering from. He is also not one of the two I'm like, I don't know. I bet he lasts a long time, but I feel like he's almost set up for like being weirdly next to Kelly at the end. And like, but why didn't you get Kelly out? Like now she's here. Yeah, it's I don't know. it's just weird, and it's like <laughs> like Rick and Lauren are the options. Like I don't know, like David, and then David's also talking about like his brand the whole time. Like it's, just, it's like I don't know. Yeah, my brand like, is loyalty. <laughs> like talking who about are you, Paul. I... Like, can I buy merch? Where can <laughs> right, I get... like pissed. <laughs> like. <laughs> Like, uh, I don't know. I thought your brand was like you wrote for Family Guy or something. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I, I, this, I thought this was a pretty bad episode for David. I think it knocked him out of contention for me completely. Um, mm-hmm. I, it just, I don't think he's gonna win. Um, I would love if he did. He's easily like again. He's one of my all-time favorite players. I think he's this season. He's showing like what a masterclass of a player he is. Um. Even if I do expect him to leave, probably next. But he's pretty boring to me. Not gonna lie. You're so wrong. <laughs> like I just can't care about David. Like I know what he's gonna do. Like, cool. He's gonna do cool things. Like maybe he's free from Rick now. He'll 
scrap something up, but I just hope this tribe doesn't go to tribal again. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like I don't know. I just and Rick leaving is horrible for David because, like, the most established duo of the season was Rick and David. Uh, and now I really think they're gonna hang out in uh, Edge of Extinction. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, we're going to have some fun. Like, they're going to be the coconuts, but of uh, Edge of Extinction. I was going to say, I feel like David's pretty disconnected from, like, stuff going on at Edge of Extinction. Like, I guess he doesn't have a way to be connected, but, like, just doesn't feel like he's someone who's going there. Like, does that make sense? Like, oh, that's pretty good for a shot, then. Um, I don't know. I don't agree, because, like, like, his story in episode one was introduced as, like, in my first season, survival-wise, no one listened to me, and now everyone listens to me. Um, you know what I mean? Like, I, I think his story was introduced as the survival story, and then from then on it shifted back to, like, this is David Wright you remember. Um, like, strategy, mm-hmm. he's CP5 the whole time. But that first episode, he introduced himself as, like, a bad survivalist turned good survivalist. Um, and that makes a lot of sense for Edge of Extinction to me. Yeah. I don't know. Is that all we have on David? Yeah, that's probably good. Okay. Uh, next up, we got the bully, uh, Kelly Wentworth. Uh, Kelly bully. bully Wentworth. No, like, she was shown, like, in the right. Like, Wendy took the flint. Yeah. Um, I was, I was going to say Kelly is one of the two people, <laughs> considering. Really? Yes, but then I remember that why I didn't like Kelly in the past was because Kelly was in a war with Wendy, and now Wendy's still here, and no one has won the war, so yeah, I'm less positive on Kelly, so maybe not. Yeah, I just, like, don't, I, I think I just, like, dislike Kelly Wentworth enough in this season, like... I don't want, uh, don't at me if you're a Kelly Wentworth fan, okay? A bunch of Aubrey fans were getting mad at me on Twitter. Um, (laughs) But, uh, like, I love Kelly Wentworth. In our other two seasons, one of my all-time favorite, in her other, like, in Cambodia, one of my all-time favorite characters, you know what I mean? In this one, oh my god, she is so boring. Like, I find her so cringy. She comes off like a dick. Um, I just don't find her captivating at all. My worst case scenario is her winning. Uh, I think it's a possibility i guess i actually don't think it's a huge possibility um but like she does seem to be getting protected but i think that might just because she is the returnee yeah i just don't know who else to consider like that's fair i had like a very low amount of problems when i was looking so i don't know yeah, and like that's the thing is like I think it's a, there's a chance because, um, like things have worked out for her. Like David is targeting her, but now he has no agency. Like, like so that threat's gone. So that satisfies that like on the edge of being voted out. Um, you know what I mean? Like there's a lot of stuff like that. Like even at the end, you could see her getting credit for avoiding David's uh, murder rampage. Um, so like that kind of stuff does work. Um. I do think that she reminds me a little bit too much of Kellen, uh, where hmm. it's, she's not being shown overtly negative. Like, 
I don't think Kellen even got an N rating in her season until like deep in, like until well into the merge. But we were already like, she's the villain, even though she yeah. wasn't getting negative ratings um, because they were positioning her to be the villain. And I think Kelly Wentworth is like that, where I think we're not, I, I don't think it's just me. I, I think we are not supposed to like her very much in this season. Potentially, but we have a lot of people who are like, "Oh, Kelly Wentworth, so amazing!" It's like, yeah, but like, you know what it is? It's like Lauren's like, "I love Kelly Wentworth because she was always so kind," and like, I just wish that I could be as like great and cool as she is. And then all of Kelly's confessionals in this season are like bully, like not maybe not bullying, but even if she's in the right, it's like talking bad about people. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's true. She doesn't talk about herself. She doesn't really talk about what she wants to do or anything. It's just, like, it's reflective. It's, like, I don't like Wendy because she is a weirdo. She's mean. She, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's... Like, it's not quite being, like, Kelly's right, even. It's, like, sure, Wendy... Like, I think the tone they're going for is Wendy's a little bit wild and has, like, some negative qualities, but Kelly's still being mean to her. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. So that's why I think um I don't really think Kelly will win. Okay. That said, Lauren 100% can win. No. No. <laughs> you don't think so? No, I just I feel like I knocked out Lauren earlier based on just like her content's weird, not in the right places. And like this episode was pretty good, but like not I don't know, it's just too little too late, I think. Yeah, you could be right. I I just really think that the story they're trying to tell here is Lauren is who like Lauren is like the ghost of old Kelly Wentworth. Um like like Lauren's the one who gets to talk about her family and how you know what I mean, like we still don't have any introspection from Kelly. Lauren gets that. We don't get any, like, like we don't get Epic Kelly Wentworth. We get Lauren talking about Epic Kelly Wentworth and how she wants to be that way. Um, and even when she's a decoy boot here, like, the reason is because she doesn't eat and she establishes because it makes her sick and that she's a Division One athlete and is a better at challenges than these people anyway, so it doesn't, why does it matter? <laughs> like, yeah, I think. If I really start scraping for contenders, like I might reconsider Lauren, but right now I, the flaws are really present. Where like, yeah, her biggest problem get... is like placement of confessionals, right? Like, yeah, she doesn't get like a, to remark on the boots as they're happening so far. Like, obviously in this one she did, but for the first few, she wasn't a key person. Mm-hmm. I think this was a good episode, though, right? Like, she gets to talk about yeah. her family. I thought it was a little, like, okay, like you miss your mom. Like, okay, like, get over it. Like, like um, you haven't seen your mom in seven days. Like, it's really hard to sympathize too much. Reem has uh, been on Edge of Extinction for nine days. Right? Like, it's like, like, she got voted out, like, got her dream crush. Like, it's hard to feel sorry for, like, I miss my mom. But, um, I do miss my mom. Uh, shout out to my mom. Um, but, uh, like, it, like, come on a little bit, but I think it was presented very, like, we're supposed to be sad for her. 
Yeah, um, very favorably. We're supposed to like Lauren. Yes. If anything. I think she's there a really long time if she's not winning. Um, no matter what, I think I would I would lock her to like final six. Uh, I don't know. I don't like that she's not eating. Okay, that's true. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is actually kind of concerning. That actually sounds like a good excuse for her to leave. Um, but we'll see. Because that actually did have a lot of focus. So maybe I, you're kind of talking me out of it, but I don't know. I'm going to stay firm that I think she has a decent shot. Okay. I need, to save, got... I need to save all my talking you out of stuff for this next person. <laughs> the War Dog, winner of season. Uh... <sighs> no, I actually, I don't know. I think we're actually on the same page here where I am considering War Dog. Because this was a incredible episode. But like... In a way that felt like a red herring. Like, it felt like a big old distraction to me. It was incredible in the way all of War Dogs episodes have been, which is good content, but I literally have to wait until, like, 7.30 to see him yep. on my screen. <laughs> so, like, all of his episodes have been, like, because Manu and now Lesu have gone to Tribal Council, it's, like, all this pre-Immunity Challenge content, no War Dog, really, and then... We get to tribal discussion. It's like, what does War Dog think? Yeah. Or, like, how does War Dog decide how this vote goes? War Dog so... needs some War Dog time. <laughs> that was such Just, a funny line. I think I'm I'm seeing it. I'm seeing why, like, everyone on the internet is like, War Dog's winning. But, like, I just don't think you do that where you are always backloading his content. Like, Yeah. Like... He literally never remarks on anything until tribal immunity. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. in this one, he talked about the swap in camp life. He just, like, he did the math. Yeah. Other than that, that's it. That's all he talked. That's the only time he talked before the immunity challenge. And then he's CP5. You know, like, then he leaves as, like, he's the only one who speaks after. Like, mm-hmm. um, so, like, sure. Like, that's the thing is, like, I, I think he could win. I think this is a very unconventional edit, though. Like, um, yeah, and honestly, is a lot more like, um, like you know, who else had that problem? Um, Ali Elliot, and like that mm-hmm. was Stephanie Stephanie uh, Johnson. Yeah, like word for word that problem. Um, and that's the thing is like, if you're like, I feel like oftentimes people talk about like the CP pre-emerge shock boot girl or whatever, right? Um, I don't think it has to be a girl. And I think we might be looking at it with War Dog. I granted, we, we, we kind of got it with not, Rick, but... I was not thinking you would be on that same page, but I was kind of thinking, what if he goes next episode? Like, I think it's really possible. So... Um, and granted, I think we did just get that with Rick. Like, almost had the same problem. Um... A similar problem. Similar problem, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah Rick had a way better edit, though, I think. Um, yeah. Are we ready to move to Rick? Or? No, I think let's stick on War Dog just for okay. a little bit. Because I think it's interesting that we are both on that camp of... I really do think that War Dog could leave next. <laughs> yeah. Maybe not next, but pre-merge. Mm. I don't know. I'm thinking the next time was, like, War Dog with... Kelly being like, let's get Lauren out. And I'm thinking that's just going to backfire. Yeah. 
And I think it is important to note that in episode one, he is the one who was like, let's flip it to Wendy and it didn't work. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that, that is how we were introduced to him. And from then on, he did make the call and it worked, but we were introduced to him failing, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, and I think that's important to note is it did put David having more influence than Wardock uh, into the ether there. Um and that's, I think, pretty bad for War Dog. It also doesn't help that it makes so much sense for him to be there on edge of extinction with these people who he single-handedly voted out. Yeah, he just kind of, like, his edit feels like someone who had a really big presence for a lot of the votes, but then also goes before the merge. Yeah, like, he really doesn't have a long-term story, like, other than yeah. being smarter than people think, but he doesn't... I was going to say, the name of this episode is I Need a Dance Partner, and he's the swing vote between two pairs. So, like, he would have, like, a dance thruple. Yeah. Like, or, and... or, I don't know, he's, like, latching on to that one person who's left over, but that doesn't, that's not good strategy. You know what my problem is, is I think I would be coming in here being, like, War Dog's the winner if, because I think that that dance partner confessional is really incredible. If in the next line he said, and so I'm choosing to go with Kelly Wentworth, my new ally or whatever, you know what I mean? Like, but we went in not knowing. Yeah. He said he needed, like, he said the decision basically comes down to he needs a new, he needs, he needs someone to tango with. He needs an ally because he doesn't have any allies. Guess who still doesn't have any allies presented? Warden. Yeah. Definitely. Like, that's a big issue. So I guess we're both on the same page there. Like, like maybe he could win, but like, I don't know. Uh, so yeah, let's uh, let's. I think, granted, he's the one who I think could also. I could be the most wrong on. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, oh, I yeah. could also envision him winning. Um, but I'm. I would put more stock in him being in the next two than in the final two. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Cool. Next up, we have Rick, who I think's gonna. I think he's a top candidate to win. Still. Yep, he is. Uh, well, let's not spoil it. I think the <laughs> way <laughs> the way this episode played out with like neither Lauren nor Rick were like shown as like negative in any way or doing anything like, wrong. They just had to vote someone out, and it was tragic and devastating and the worst thing ever. Like, pair that, because that's happened. Like, Stephanie Valencia. Um, not Stephanie Valencia. Uh, Johnson. Stephanie Johnson, yes. Yeah. Um, but Stephanie Johnson's issue that we kind of missed out on was that she didn't get personal content. She was shown in the latter half of episodes. Rick yeah. has good personal content. He's always in episodes, always being shown. Like, he had that strong pairing with David. Um, and then for him to be voted out like this, where it's just sort of a byproduct of having to do it, he didn't do anything wrong. I think that bodes tremendously well for Rick. And you know what's even better? Um, okay, I I guess this is my take. If David leaves next, I think I take Rick down a lot. If, like, if David makes the merge, I think Lock Rick is, like number one with a bullet you know what i mean like yeah um because we still have that prophecy of rick's gonna cut david at four 
Mm-hmm. Guess when the Edge of Extinction person comes in? Six. Um, we could realistically see Rick come into the game, reunite with David, have haha fun times, and then cut David at four. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So Rick is, despite just being voted out, is my number one contender. Wow. Okay, I, I'm not that high. Uh, but <laughs> I I don't even think that's a ludicrous take, to be honest. Like, this episode was so good for Edge of Extinction, um, specifically, but beyond that, so we literally have Chris, Keith, and Reem. Reem was voted out because she was too motherly, too pushy, blah, blah. Keith couldn't swim, um, like, just was deplorably terrible in challenges, did so much wrong, lost. Chris fucked up horribly, told Wardog, explicitly told not to. They all have, like, a reason they left. Yeah. Rick just left. Yeah, he, he like, could, he would apparently flip at the merge. Yeah, maybe. But maybe. he didn't do anything wrong. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he's the only one who, he, they didn't show him doing anything wrong. Yeah. Um, like, I just don't think, like, they gave him the, beautiful treatment on the way out you know what i mean um mm-hmm. and i feel like it, it doubting him is risky um but yeah i i don't know if i'd have him number one because i don't know i still we still don't know how these people come back um <laughs> if it's like a sure. physical challenge i don't know granted he said that as a dad bod it will be more impressive than people think or whatever in the first episode so mm-hmm um, that's also maybe impressive. That's also probably a, uh, like, honestly, I don't know. You're kind of talking to me into having Rick number one. Um, that's hilarious. It's just that with, like, a combination of everyone else. And it's yes. just like, who, like. Like, really, who else is, like, a top candidate, right? Like, um, yeah, that's kind of fascinating. Um, so, yeah, I guess here we'll we'll just go into the winner section right here. Um, and so obviously your number one is Rick. Uh, I'm actually going to go in here and say that my number one is Ron Clark. Um, okay. I don't think I would stick <laughs> to this like tomorrow, but like, I don't know. We'll see, we'll see next week. I think it'll be coloring there. Uh, but the other people I'll just go to, I'll do my top four and then you do your top four. Uh, the other people I would say in my top four, I would put Victoria next. Um, and then I would put Rick and Joe. Okay, I think I also have Victoria second. So we're agreeing there. Yeah. Um, third, like, it's just so hard. Like, out of ones that still just sort of make sense, I think I want to go with Reem. Like, it's just, it's not like, I don't know. There's a good metaphor here. Like, I'm not spreading my net out to try to catch, like, the right edit. I'm, like, spearing specific people. Yeah. Like, so, yeah, I would go with Reem. Like, I can see that path the best, I think, out of who's left. Okay. And then after that, like, I had Kelly up there, but I've been convinced from that. Maybe, like... Eric is still good. Yeah. Joe, maybe. It's like kind of mess up for Lord. Yeah, this and episode Mordor. is a little bit of a crapshoot. Like, um, <laughs> where I think realistically, we, we kind of are saying, like, 
Rick and Victoria seem like clear <laughs> friends. Um, and then I, we then we both have like I have Ron randomly high or whatever you know what I mean, but uh, I guess the, our our official ones would be Rick and Victoria. Yeah, it's just sort of like a like we don't know how to interpret Edge of Extinction, like how that's yeah. coming into play. There's still the like imbalance of edits to handle. Yeah, just a little. I think setting. with the way this episode was edited in favor of Edge of Extinction, it would be stupid to not like at least weigh that heavily into my because like the swap episode's so important right and what i left was no one really had a particularly great swap episode other than ron clark and edge of extinction as a concept you know what i mean like <laughs> um <laughs> i'm being a little facetious but uh, <laughs> it's just a very good sentence yeah so like that's the thing is like the concept of edge of extinction had a better swap episode than the cast and so to me that means that i have to kind of consider who's the freaking fan favorite in your face obvious winner contender in quotation marks who just got voted out it it seems very realistic yeah um who's leaving next i think this double episode i think we're gonna see who, who's going to go first? Though? I'm going to say Aurora and Wardog. Aurora Dog. Oh, that's what I was going to say. I just didn't know what order. I'm going to say Aurora, then Wardog. Yeah, that feels right. I was thinking maybe before I thought of Wardog, one of those two, and then like Manu, like just votes out Wendy. Yeah, that's possible too. I mean, they're also talking about doing weird stuff, but. Yeah, because like the thing is, is like either next week is like two boring episodes or one boring episode and then like one barn burner that they're like hoping to like rope people back in kind of thing. Um, it is and, weird yeah. that it's like a pre-merged double episode. Yeah. I don't think that's ever been done. Right. I don't yeah, remember it. I think, well, there's obviously been double boots, but I don't think yeah. two episodes, but I mean, I could totally be wrong on that. Um, I, I kind of feel like, Maybe I feel like Wardog... wrong had that. But whatever. I don't know. Maybe Wardog goes first, and then he goes to Edge of Extinction, so we see a little bit there. And then Aurora gets voted out, and she just doesn't go. So there's nothing to play on. <laughs> I could see that, yeah. Um, yeah, so that's that's our show. Uh, you can contact us at thewinneredit at gmail.com. New episodes on Sunday this week. Uh, we share on the Reddit of all the Survivor ones we can think of, such as our Survivor and our Edric. Uh, we, yeah, review us on iTunes, all that stuff. Uh, we put cool things in the show notes. Uh, so yeah, that's our show. I'm Dan Kilby. Yeah. Peace out. Yeah, we'll see you for the double episode next week. Oh, follow me on uh, Twitter at Danny Kills Bees. I, uh, I enjoy when uh, people are uh, tweeting me during the Survivor episodes. <laughs> Yeah, you were spicy last episode. So. Yeah, I was. I was. Uh, yeah, this one I was less because I was busy. But yep. Cool. Okay. Farewell. See you soon.